It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. All right, and here we go. We're back once again. It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Trella, and with me today is the Mock Draft Monster, Mr. Nick Mimi. What's up, brother? How you doing today? What's up? Doing good. Just hanging in there. Keeping busy. Cool, cool, cool. You'll notice a little absent today. Trader Andy's got a lot going on. I I do want to point out, I think he mentioned it two weeks ago, but his family got wiped out by the coronavirus. You know, five, six people in his family got it. Kudos, prayers up for his mother-in-law who 56 days in the the hospital came home the other day. So he's, you know, spending some time with her, getting the family in order and everything like that. God is great with that, man. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Good for her. Outstanding. Hashtag Rosie Strong. Let's get it. Beautiful thing. Rough life out there right now. So it's good to start us off with some positive news, right? 100%. I don't know, Nick, that we got some positive news with the baseball season oh, coming up. It looks, it, you know, hard, it looks horrible. They, they rejected the players' the players' proposal, which we kind of expected was going to happen, but mm-hmm. it just kind of feels like a money grab. What do you think? It's basically the fantasy, uh, the fantasy trade. One, one party makes an absolute nuts offer. The other party counters with a complete crazy offer, and now you're going to somehow meet in the middle within a few days yeah. before the deadline. It's, yeah. um, the owner said they didn't want to counter. But they're open to negotiate. Usually doesn't work like that. But I think the reason that they're saying that they're not going to counter is just because they're just not interested in in that level of what the proposal was. So it's not going to say like, okay, you gave us X, Y, and Z, so we're going to give you back X, Y, and K. They're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you said X, Y, and Z. We don't want any of those. So we're coming back with D, E, F. You know, yeah. so it's not a counter proposal, but they're going to have something. Something. Well, you know, they're saying fifty to sixty games. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to get at least 60 games. And, and, you know, the way that that affects fantasy is, is going to be we're going to have to wait until we get there to really dig our feet into it. But I know this hurts your heart because you like head to head. But if you're yeah, if we're looking it. at a 60 or an 80 game season and, and you play in a head to head league, dude, welcome to Roto. It's time to make it happen because, yeah, that's just a waste of time. Right. Uh-huh. Every head to head league's going to have to adjust to that. Right. Could you ima- could you imagine uh, playing fantasy football? And it was only seven or eight weeks long. It's it's just not it's not it's not worth it. Almost it's a pure waste of time. It's you're basically going to frustrate the hell out of everybody. I I'm wondering too. Baseball and football might actually be starting pretty close to each other. That is kind of a hit on baseball. But the knock on fantasy baseball for a long time in the community has been it's too damn long. I can't keep up with it. You know, I can't focus. Whatnot? Do you think possibly with it? Let's say a truncated 82 game season that that might draw some more attention into it? Yeah, very well could. I mean, you get 162 games, people get all into it for the first four or five weeks and then disappear. You get the free Yahoo, ESPN leagues, they kind of disappear off the face of the earth. Um, if you're looking at an 82-game season, you're definitely going to get people paying more attention. Uh, it's going to come back with fantasy football at the same time too. So you're going to have baseball in October, fantasy baseball going on. So it's definitely, definitely going to help the sport. Right, but see, that's the problem is that you usually the ding dongs that aren't really into baseball just but just do it because they want to and there's nothing else to do, which we have a couple of those in our leagues. Um, they usually kind of crap off around August when football season's getting ready to go, and you know in, now in baseball it's gonna that's gonna be peak season, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So you can't crap off. Like the the other thing too is you know I'm worried about with, with a possible shortened season. I don't know if you saw this. They they were saying that 
the players union wants to put in a clause where a player is allowed to opt out without pay if they so choose to just not play the season at all uh, if they have health concerns. And let, let, let me give an example, you know, not a specific player or anything, but let's say that you are um, a pitcher and you're young and you're in, in your early arbitration years or something like that. And you're up and coming and you're pretty good. Are you willing to risk if you get an arm injury, you, you're going to lose all of this season and a huge chunk of next season and everything like that. And you're putting no money in your pocket. Is it worth it? Wouldn't you rather like, like I know it sounds wrong to say, Hey, if I'm going to lose a season, I, I want to lose a whole season where I'm going to get paid a full salary the entire way. So th- there's that to consider too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what we're looking at. I don't know what we're going to get. You know, it, it's, it's getting ugly. They they said they wanted to be on the field by June tenth. Here we are, June fourth uh, next week. Yeah, so we're we're within a week of when they should be on the field, and they wanted to have everything set because you figure, you you know, if yeah, you, you want everybody in by June tenth, people got to book flights, they got to make plans with their wives and their kids and everything like that, mm-hmm. ramp up and whatnot. So it's not looking good at this point. The the KBO is looking better and better. Japan's coming back next. You know, you just might have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning for your baseball for a little while. That's fine. That's all. You know what else too? Did you see last night? Uh, Freaking Chris Archer out for the year. I saw that this morning. Unbelievable. That broke my heart. I saw that was one of my sleepers. Yeah. You know what it is too? His ADP was like 250 or something like that. So he was the kind of guy you're getting round 20, 21 or whatever. Oh my God. I have so many. I, in our dynasty league, our home league, I have him and freaking Chris sale. Like it's a wrap. Well, I I got the three Pete. So I mean, it's a good, it's a good year for uh, an injury. You want a surgery? You're not losing much. I mean, you lose a half a season. Exactly. The dollar sign, the dollar signs that you're affecting and and the games played and whatnot is, is definitely uh, suppressed a little bit by, by Mm -hmm. that. But anyway, we're not really here talking uh, baseball today. When, When you, when you see Mr. Nick, front and center on the pod we're usually talking football that that's his meat and potatoes right here okay so we're going to talk a little bit of uh best ball strategy uh nick you you start dabbling in this a little bit this year yeah i started started a little bit nothing crazy yet but i'm gonna be ramping it up pretty soon right i i usually uh i usually start all of my fantasy seasons off with best balls just because it's the best way to kind of you know, you could do them for 10 bucks or whatever. And you, it, it's the best way to learn the player pool because you're running through every single pick. You do a slow draft, which drives you nuts sometimes. But, you know, if, 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 if you're doing a four or an eight hour clock and that way you're interacting with every single pick that's made, you learn the player pool and who's going where and whatnot and, and, and you adjust accordingly. So good way to start, good way to learn. And that's what we're doing now. Okay. So first thing I want to talk about when, when, uh, when we're talking about football, best ball is roster construction, right? Most of the time we're looking at 20 roster spots. So you're looking at a 20 round draft and you're starting wait, what did you say? You we're looking at one QB, two, QB. two, one, one, one. Yeah, pretty much one QB. You got two running backs. I'm looking at one here with two or three receivers. Uh, you get a tight end flex defense and then the rest are bench. Okay. All right. So, so what do we, what's the first thing that we're looking at? All right. We want, you, you, you definitely have to pr- have at least two of every position. That's step one, because mm-hmm. in a best ball, you can't make any moves. So 
if you get an injury and you only had one quarterback, your season is over because you're going to take a zero for every week. So you have to have two at every position. Even so defense. that wraps up. That, that takes up the first six spots right there. So we're looking at 14 spots that are basically what we would call flex spots that are running back wide receiver or where you want to stack one of the other positions as well. And most of these do have team defenses. So we're including that in our conversation today. Um, so wh- what do you usually look at, Nick? What do you, where do you want to be the heaviest uh, in total roster construction? Not necessarily talking about um, what rounds we're drafting in at this point yet. Just how many of each are you looking for? Right now, the big ones are running back. Um, I mean, there's not many workhorse backs in the league after round one, two. At that point, you're starting to dabble into the uh, committee backfields. Mm-hmm. Um, even later, the later picks, I'm going to get into it later. You want to start looking at those rookie running backs. You got, for example, a Pittsburgh situation. You got James Conner, who has health issues. So say you take James Conner in the first, or even if you're sitting there later, you look at McFarland sitting there. I believe Benny Snell's still there. You look at one of those two, Connor goes down. Now, randomly, you're going to have a potential 15, 20-point game just out of nowhere. So yep. you're looking for running backs. Um, receivers, too. Um, Scary Terry last year, week one, waiver wire king, came out of nowhere as a rookie. Um, you want to look at receivers like that. It could potentially have impacts. Um, you look at receivers. I like Michael Pittman a lot on the Colts. So I think he's going to have a big impact this year. I think you could probably get him extremely late in these best ball drafts. Uh, same can be said with um, Denzel Mims on the Jets. Oh, he's yeah. going to be the number one target. I mean, he he's might the not, helium right now. My he's goodness. the helium. He might not have a lot of great weeks, but he's going to have those couple blow up weeks where you're going to say, wow, he put up two touchdowns today. Uh, again, same with Michael Pittman, uh, T. Higgins on the Bengals. You're looking at some of these no names. I mean, they're names, but you look at some of these guys are getting low ADPs. They're, they could be steals, especially come midseason because leagues aren't won in the first couple weeks. They're won overall. Right, right. And that that's the thing too, is that with a best ball, you're, you're winning this, not, you're not winning this in the, in the first three rounds. You're winning this with great depth because you know, this is the stuff that's for me because the thing, the thing that drives me nuts about fantasy football is setting a lineup and, and, you know, you get a guy with three touchdowns on your bench mm-hmm. and there's, you know, he's playing against the number one freaking DVOA against the run, but he runs off for 80 yards and three touchdowns and it makes no sense whatsoever. No. You spent, you spent four hours of freaking crunching numbers, trying to figure out which way you're going to go on this pick. And, and it made no sense and mm-hmm. you put the wrong guy in there, but you don't have to worry about that in best balls because cool. you know, it fixes itself for you. So that that's what I'm looking at this year. That's why I I think I think the best roster construction right now for me is going eight running backs, six wide receivers, and then two like two it. two. I like it. Eight running backs, and it's because of what you said. There's no depth to to the position whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a situation that yeah, and if you can't go at that deep up to eight. I think handcuffing kind of lets you off the hook a little bit, right? Like you were saying, and that's a perfect one. If you could put um, Connor and McFarland together, you still got yourself a second round back no matter what happens, right? So you're using two picks on that that spot, which kind of hurts a little bit. But at that point now, you don't need as many options on a week-to-week basis because you know that you're going to have one running back that's going to have a shot to make your lineup that week. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, so so that that's a lot better for me. But what one of the things I also kind of want to consider when I'm looking at a best ball is 
you, you might, this is the scenario where I think that pushing up that high-end quarterback or that high-end tight end is almost vi- viable a little bit because, you know, like, like let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick. So let's say, let's say you have the number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to get into a couple of wide receivers later on so that the, the depth will kind of figure itself out as we talk it through. But you can go into this and, and get the number one picks. Let's say you get Christian McCaffrey and then you put you take either, uh, you know, whatever, whichever quarterback it is that you want and you get Kittle. So your first three players are Lamar Jackson, Kittle and Saquon or McCaffrey. Like you're, you're set and you're good to go. And it, in in past years, mm-hmm. it it would feel like you were like, oh, I'm way behind on receiver. I'm not going to make it. This is a PPR league. I just lost. But when you look at the depth of it, I mean, I can make an argument for 60 or 70 wide receivers being viable on a week-to-week basis. So, yeah. And you don't have to worry about putting the right one in your lineup. So if you get a whole bunch of these guys like like, like the Deshaun Jacksons and the C.D. Lambs that, could go, that are going to – go off on a moment's notice on a regular. One of my favorites this year is Mecole Hardman, you know? Yes. You're getting these guys so deep and so free, and they're going to have three or four weeks that that they're going to be a wide receiver one for you mm-hmm. at no cost whatsoever. And you're getting the consistency of a Lamar Jackson and your number one running back and, you know, a Kittle or, or a Kelsey on top of it. I don't know, man. That sounds like a pretty damn good team right, mm-hmm. right there, you know? I tried one. I think you were in it with me that, that I took, um, I, I went running back, running back. And then I, on the hook around, I took Julio in like the early third. I think it was like, he slipped a little bit and I got him in the early third. And then when I look back at the team construction, I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I like, I wish I would have taken another running back right there when when I looked at it, because Mm -hmm. the, the, the receivers that you get on the tail end, are all they're they're all going to have a couple of weeks that they're going to be wide receiver number ones. It, yeah. It's it's stacked as hell. So when you're looking at these wide receivers, okay, mm-hmm. you get down. Let, let let's start at ADP of say ninety. All right, so we're already in the eighth round. So you got all your studs out of the way and everything like that. So yep. here's the players that are going at that point. Uh, Jamison Crowder, okay. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, who's the helium god right now. Everybody oh, wants a piece of him. Through the roof. Right? And then you get your first rookie, Jerry Judy. Nicole yep. Hardman. Brandon Cook. C.D. Lamb. Mike Williams. The soon-to-be helium, Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all players that are all going to have weeks that they pop off, and they're going to they're gonna be high-end, high-end, high-end. So yep. if, you, if you go the other way, and you go running back, running back, running back, running back, or mix in the, that that quarterback or tight end in there a little bit and then you count on these guys at the end in a best ball where you know you're not worrying about the weeks that they give you a zero uh-huh oh man i think that i think that's the way to go i'm a, i'm a fan of it i'm a big fan of it i mean and also I'm, you just take i'm just looking down at the list here you have these rookie receivers you have i mean Brandon Cooks is on Houston now he's going to take over essentially for the DeAndre Hopkins spot him and uh, Will Fuller who can never stay healthy regardless ADP 102 102 he's not even a top 100 player being drafted that's crazy and he's going into that D hop role like come on mhm this is this is this is ridiculous like I mean, there's so much talent yeah, Hunter, I mean, Hunter Renfro, a guy we've talked about, ADP 150. 
It's going to be a PPR machine. Yeah. So you get this guy as your fourth or your fifth uh, wide receiver and, and you're, you're loading up like, like let, let's walk through this, through some, the running back scenario. Let's even not even say that we're, we're going to start with McCaffrey because, you know, let's say we got to pick at the back end. So we'll start with, um, let's say a Josh Jacobs or mm-hmm. a Joe Mixon. So we're, we're picking at the back end. You come back around again. You want another, another running back. You want some upside. You could take Jonathan Taylor. You could take, uh, Fournette upside now, nah, maybe a Miles Sanders, right? So you yeah, got Miles. So so you you could start off Sanders and mix him, which bet you know you might not love that that much. Um, Still solid in, in a season long. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in love with that because I'm not feeling like there's going to be that consistency in and out. Mm-hmm. There's going to be weeks these guys pop off like that, and it, it, it's going to be sweet. If if yeah. you uh, you handcuff them later on, get yourself like a uh, Edwards Hilaire in the third. And now, at that point, your your quote unquote starters are fulfilled. Yeah, and you're good. And you got. I would even say Aaron Jones. I mean, he's got pop off weeks where he can go for two, three rushing touchdowns. Aaron Jones is a great back of the back of the first round, uh, best ball best ball guy. Absolutely, because he is he's the kind of player I don't want in the first round mm-hmm. in a redraft because he has weeks that he's a damn zero, and and you are sick to your stomach. You know, you want you want in your redraft get as much consistency as you can. In a best ball, it's it's okay. It's okay if you have the depth, you can you you can absorb those bad weeks. And here's another one I would look at too: Buffalo. I would look at Moss, the rookie. Frank Gore stole a lot of grabs from Devin Singletary last year. He might have that week where he gets that touchdown. He gets that a couple catches here and there, and he can pop off at some point. Yep, absolutely. He's he's being drafted uh, like as a RB six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Nah, a little little bit higher. His ADP is one thirty, so he's going right. in the eleventh in the eleventh round. So it's basically like an RB five. Okay, ah, not bad, not bad, man. You know, there, look here's some other players right around uh, Zach Moss uh, as as you're saying it. Breida, Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds, Justin Jackson. You know these. Naheem Hines, that's a player you got to oh, love. Yes. In PPR de- best ball, oh my goodness. That's a great one PPR right there. PPR 165. So it's, it's, still, it's still Rivers. Round. Look what he did in uh, LA. Yeah, it's, it's Eckler again. Exactly. Well, not not the same skill set, but he's going to – he very well could play that same role. Right. Now, let, let me ask you a question. Going, going off of the exact players, not, not so much, more of a strategy, strategy idea. What do you feel in a best ball? What, what, what? Now, remember, you can't make any moves. Mm-hmm. What do you? What's your feeling if you have, you know, a high end player, and then you have you have a backup that you like at the same position, but has the same bye week? Now, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna take that player, or are yep. you gonna pick pivot off to another one that has a different bye week so that you you have that opportunity? You don't take a zero. I'm going with the, I don't care about bye weeks. I'm going, if it's the best player is there, I'm taking that player. Okay. So now I'll figure it best, out later. So in a best ball, are you then going to take a third player at the, like, all right. So let's say we're talking about quarterback or mm-hmm. tight end, right? Mm-hmm. Where you might only have taken two players. Are you going to, are you going to, if you take two players with the same bye week, are you going to then take a third player to make sure that you don't take a zero or you just eat it and say, you know what, one week. I'm going to take a zero from my tight end because some weeks I might take a, uh, I might take a zero anyway. 
right? It, it depends. It depends on the board. I would ideally like not to have a zero in a week, but I mean, if the board doesn't allow, if the talent's not there, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reach. Your boy Herndon, right? Oh yes, he's, super super he, sleeper, right? And and he's being drafted as a number two. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I'm trying to find his ADP. When he was playing with Darnold his rookie year, Sam was hitting him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I drafted him last year expecting the same thing. I know he had the four-game suspension, but then he got hurt and basically missed the entire year. Right. So so there's a guy, okay, Herndon has the same bye week. It, let's say you're taking him for the upside, at, mm-hmm. and so he's probably going to be your number two. He has the same bye week as Kittle. He has the same bye week as Evan Ingram, as Gusecki. So there's right there, there's three players that you're drafting as a tight end one, and this guy's got the same bye week. So is that a situation now? Are you going to not take that eighth running back or that sixth or seventh wide receiver in order to make sure you don't take a zero in week 11 or you just eat the zero? I think it's positional. I mean, if it's a running back, I may. If it's tight end, I might I might consider taking this. I'm, that's, that's a tough one. I think I would just probably Quarterback, it's hard. Quarterback, it's hard. I, I think you need the third one. and You can't take a zero from a quarterback. I just hate tight ends. So, I mean, for me, taking three tight ends is kind of a hard pill to swallow. Yep. Now, how, how do you feel about handcuffing at positions other than, um, other than running back? Like, for instance, let's say you wait all day and you take both Miami quarterbacks at the very end. You could get them in the last two rounds. Could. You you know? could. I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of the strategy because I like to at least get a decent quarterback in like the 6-10 round range. But, I mean, if you want to do that, you get Tua. You get Fitz for free, and we all know Fitz the first five, six weeks is going to completely destroy the league and ruin their draft position next year. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that do you, do you think that's a viable strategy? Let's let let's say if you if you love your team, you love your depth, you handcuffed your studs, your wide receivers are popping, everything's good, and your last two picks are kind of like flex picks. As you know, you need yeah. you need a quarterback. I, I think that might be a, might be a, a yeah. good, good way to look at it, right? I think a good one to look at too is uh, Jordan Love. Rogers has a history of getting injured. Yeah, that's he true. comes in with Devonte Adams as his one. That's a pretty now, good. Now is that is that something that you would do if you drafted Aaron Rodgers? You're gonna you're gonna burn your last pick on Love, just in case. Uh, if I drafted Rodgers, I probably would. Uh, just to just to be safe there, because. My wife's a Packer fan. She watches the games and always says he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He gets hit. He's up. He always plays hurts. It's, it's just a security blanket there. Well, see, I, I honestly, I think if, if you're just doing these, you know, like these best ball tens where it's just kind of, you know, getting into the player pool and, and learning and having some fun before people start drafting. I wouldn't even bother handcuffing, whatever. If you lose, you lose, whatever. But yeah. I mean, if, if if you're playing best ball for, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is that that is your level of starting to be a little uncomfortable with the buy-in, I am, you know, maybe it's a viable option because, you, you know, you're protecting your assets there. And, yeah, you know, if, if you drafted Aaron Rodgers, you, you know, you used a – probably a seventh, eighth round pick on him, you know, yeah. it, that, that's a big investment for you. So if, if he doesn't pop off, you know, you, you got something there. I'm loving Joe Burrow though, as, as yeah. my number two, I, you know, he's, he's going as like the 15th or 16th quarterback overall. And there's just, you know, that, that who knows factor is there and, 
it, it, it's worth a shot. And, you know, the team's still going to stink, so he's going to have to throw the ball. So Yeah, same things we go with a lot of the other quarterbacks, Baker, Darnold, um, Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's got a higher ADP at this point, most likely, but you're still going to have all those guys shooting up there. Yep. Well, a- Allen's actually, like, kind of toeing the ground as as a QB one still, especially in best balls, because of that 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 rushing floor. So he a lateral backwards. He, he's right now the number eight overall quarterback. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's staying there. But you know, it's it's a it's an extra option that you're not always seeing there. Mm-hmm. All right, so I I think we kind of talked through every every uh, strategy I was interested in speaking about. It. You, you have any particular players or strategies that that we didn't touch on yet? That you One to thing I like about? to do, especially in best ball, is uh, take some risks. Um, especially with the players going out there, two that jump into my mind are Antonio Brown and uh, Josh Gordon. If oh, they get Jesus. re, I know, I know, they're probably not going to play. But yeah. Russell Wilson has actually spoken for Antonio Brown. The odds of either of them even playing meaningful snaps this year is probably little. Right. But you get that outside chance. Antonio Brown puts up fantasy number one receiver points. You take that twentieth round pick on Brown. You take that flyer. He plays. You just hit. Yeah, so, of course. Why not? Definitely worth the risk. Why not? You take a zero every other week. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. You just hope you hope he gets together and plays. All right. All right, Nick, before we wrap this up, you got anything intelligent to say? Stupid to say anything? In the I middle? have nothing intelligent to say. All right, guys. All right. Everybody out there, just stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay out of trouble. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're doing what we can. Be, be good. You know, just be a good person. That's all it is, right? Be yep. a good person and, 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 and life, will, life will treat you good. All right, Nick. Let's peace out of this. Trevor, take us out. Come on.